This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Casper. Get premium mattresses for fractions of the price. Sleep on Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Save $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash bcpod and use promo code bcpod at checkout. Today's show is also sponsored by Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for your razors. For just $15, get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three of these unbelievable razor blades. Visit harrys.com. That's harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey, knuckleheads, it's Matt. Welcome to the podcast. You're getting a breaking special announcement right now. I just got the website going. I just got the dates up there. I've confirmed it. I just got the green light. We're doing Emory Acoustic in the Mid-South. That's Nashville and Atlanta on June 29th and June 30th. There's only 100 tickets available, and they are $50, but trust me, it's worth it. Um, All these have sold out, and people really, really enjoy it. So if you can get to Nashville or Atlanta on June 29th and 30th, I believe that's a Wednesday and a Thursday night, if you can get there, I really, really think you will enjoy this night. It's special. Go to emoryacoustic.com right now. Pick the date, get the ticket. We'll see you there. Guys, hello, guys. This is Joey Spenson and Toby Morrell. The other two guys, Joey Spenson <laughs> and his band and his crew. Podcast. Woo, That's right. I am the pastor with no answers. If you want to check out, fire. if you want to check out the main podcast, the flagship, the past pastor with no answers. <laughs> <laughs> this is your part time podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. Yeah, you just do this for fun. The hey, I want to tell a quick story because Toby's got a bunch of stuff that he wants to say, but I just want to let you guys know that I have made right. some huge strides with guilt and I've learned a new way of worshiping the Lord Jesus, and that is to walk out of the worship time. I was at a worship situation on a Monday and it was burdening me seeing people dance and all that stuff. And it just grieved me to the point where (laughs) I left and I realized I was like, I do not feel guilty about that. And I promise you in the lobby, the lobby of the place, I was like, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank. And I I realized I'm genuinely worshiping as I left the worship. I was really, I was. Shall that, I say I was proud of myself? That is for not great news. Bad about it. I really do believe that's great news. And honestly, what that sounds like is freedom. Like that didn't hurt you or hurt anybody else. Right. And it's what you do with regular music. Right. So this other one, like, why do you have to listen to that? And here's what's really cool about that: sometimes you will be worshiping to the music. Right. This isn't like an uh, an edict that every single time now you're going to always walk out. And you, that's not what you're saying. You're just saying, hey, I'm not feeling this. It's almost causing me a little bit of pressure or anxiety. Right. Step away from that. That's what you should do if you're angry. That's what you should do if you don't like something, anything. Like yeah. that, that's a, not a bad thing. Uh, so, And also, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. I think that guilt thing gets you. Like you feel like you should do something. And so to not feel guilty about that because you didn't do anything at all wrong. Right. I'm that, proud of you, my friend. Toby and Devin have made some really good points on our main podcast, Pastor With No Answers. On the flagship. 
and we had a whole episode on worship leading and worship leaders with our good friend Robbie as well. So go yep. check that out. Go you check em- out you Penis Emory. with No Answers. <laughs> so that's a, that's, what, that's my new that's form of worship is. too. Is uh, just I storm out of sermons angry <laughs> at the content, and I think that's my way of worshiping. Yeah. I, I, anytime there's worship music or, or preaching, I storm out and I immediately right. start speaking in I'm, tongues. Yeah, I'm with you, Joey. Just, yeah, the Lord is with me. It's amazing. Yeah. I start giving. I just start throwing money out in the lobby. It's unbelievable. So, hey, uh, so Joey, Toby, I, you know how you struggle with your guilt uh, and like trying to do the right thing and feeling like, like I struggle with lying. Yeah. Yes. I, I know that. And I, you know, y'all, y'all might not have known that, but no, I, I know that I lie sometimes and I, and we've kind of talked about this, like white lies and stuff like that, but I am almost to the point now where I believe it is good to lie. And bad. <laughs> I'm not, with you. That's anti-sanctification, I'm afraid, but okay. It is 100% good to lie, and it's better for you. Okay, how about this? This happened. We're trying to get our house pressure washed and all this stuff, so um, I call around. People can't do it. We're trying to sell our house. We've got to get it pressure washed that week. Finally, this, uh, this, I will go through two different companies, and then this lady calls and says, yeah, I can come, and she charges triple. She said her price would be triple of what everybody else does, plus gas money to get her here. And I was like, what in the world? This seems really strange. I was like, okay, I'll call you, but let me talk to my wife and see if we want to do this. And I was like, ah, I'm just not going to. I talked to Jess and said no. And so uh, I called the lady back. I was like, uh, please, please, please don't answer. Uh, she didn't. And I left this message. I was like, hey, just wanted to call and let you know. Uh, my wife actually yesterday, I had already scheduled a pressure washer, so I didn't know. Sorry, uh, we're not going to need your services. Right? So I totally lied. Like I could have said, hey, you're too expensive. Um, we're not going to pay that. I don't know what inside of me made me do that, but I totally 100%, no matter what, was going to lie. And I think that made her feel better. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. 100%. What, what, what harm did you do just now? Right. You did not hurt anybody. She feels better than, than if I complained about her prices. Mm, that probably made her mad and no now, good. Now, well, couldn't it have I, helped I, her to know the reality so she could improve her pricing in, in a fair market? No, she already lost the deal. Right. I know, but she knows now she should oh, lower I see, her price. Yeah. I mean, you could be, she, she's like, oh, she, she's not going to say he's a dickhead. She's going to say, no, okay, but I'll let the system I've gotten do this that. feedback from four people. Maybe I'll lower my pr- Well, yeah, but, you know, she's got to get some honesty somewhere to get that. Like, I just, what's I just she going to think you're a dick with for not wanting to pay it that much? Yeah. I, well, it, to me, I felt like I have to explain to this woman about her pricing. I can't do that. Well, it's not your job. That's not my responsibility. That. That, responsibility. That's what sucks. And, and if you think about it biblically, Rahab, who is in the lineage of Jesus Christ, <laughs> I've been saying was a this. prostitute, and she Joey lied has been, when, the, sol- been when the soldiers came. I mean, I've been saying this for years. I'm gonna, I, no, I'm the original lie supporter. She lied, and it was, it was basically like righteousness. She was considered <laughs> righteous and good and helped the Israelites take over mm-hmm. all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it can't be... Clear. I'll tell you where I draw the line, and it's not a hard line or anything. Uh, everybody lies to their spouse. Dude, I have yeah, yeah. sat at my grandma's house, and she has put something on my plate that I didn't like, and I have said, this is really good, as I'm balling it up in my napkin to right. throw it away. Yes. Yes. Why in the world would I leave it on my plate? She would be like, well, that's a waste. You don't like exactly. it and all that stuff. All the time that's she put in. That's my damn grandma. I'm not going to hurt her feelings. She, I'm and the time she put in, and, and most of the stuff she probably cooks is good. Exactly. So why would you take the time to just get rid of the one thing? Well, like, that just doesn't make... I mean, uh, hey, no, you know, ne- never cook spaghetti again, Grandma. You suck at this one. But all those... <laughs> that's... that's Yeah, that, I can see how that's not that. ultimately for her good in a way. But let us let me give you a borderline example that happened to me last night. And, and first of all, I think that the problem with lying is your own... Like, what it does to you 
Ver, you know, for instance, like being a bring me joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, real bad. You know, it's about being. I hate that. Like, what I'm, I'm so saying happy. is, I'm not willing to lie, or I try not to lie when it's simply a matter of passivity. Because I live in Seattle, and it's a very passive aggressive culture, so I notice right. it a lot. So I go, you know what? If that's just being passive, wouldn't it be better if I made myself tell the truth? And that's a self improvement kind of thing. So last night, so you're, for instance, so you're you're saying if if you're not telling a lie for a good purpose, no, I'm just saying for passive, no just because you're saving your own personal discomfort, right. not right. necessarily for the benefit of the other person. So for instance, last night I had a family, a distant family member of Bridget, whatever, was talking to me, and it was a few people around. And he started talking about barbecue. And he goes, yeah, and I was going to talk to Matt about it because, I mean, being from Texas and his barbecue and all this. And he kept on right, running with the sentence. And I didn't correct right. him that I'm, well, I'm not from Texas, you, you know. Easy mistake. Right. I get that right. all the time. So I did not okay. correct him. And, I said, and then I thought to myself, that's passive. I, he probably would have appreciated me telling him just so he knows for the future that I'm from South Carolina. And I did not correct him, but I told myself if he – makes a mention of that again i will have to because it'll be saving him because otherwise he might call me from texas <laughs> 10 times and think about it and reference it a lot and then at some point say it in front of somebody else who corrects him and then he'll look at me and go dude you've been letting me pretend like you were from texas all you didn't say anything <laughs> then you just die laughing and everybody laughs. Right, i have to make That's a joke at it, but, it, but the, the truth is he would have appreciated it the first time probably for me to remind him and go oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then so that would serve him, but what I, but for me to not correct him or to lie or to go along with it, you know, makes you a plot of a Ben Stiller or Larry David thing where it becomes more <laughs> right. and more uncomfortable. So, and it's for your own benefit versus the benefit of the other person. So I, I would say that's how you should discern. Have you guys ever like totally lied when you know the other person knows that you're lying, but you're just so embarrassed you've got to stick with it? Like, listen to this, my parents... <laughs> They got their first. They got their first computer, and this is. Uh, it was probably like five thousand dollars, and it did nothing. It was like a word processor back in the day. That's that's just how you did things. Right. So I seriously was just the biggest weirdo. Still, I am. But I scrolled down on a word processing, literally pro thousands and thousands of lines down, and then the girl that I had a crush on, I put, "I love Ashley." And I hit save, and then I exit out of that. So my mom goes on the word processor, set, processor double clicks. Well, it opens up right there, and she and she knows who this girl is. She's just like Joey. What ten thousand lines down? Do you think that's a little excessive? I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, of course. I was like, I, I don't know how that got there, but I did not do. That. <laughs> what a bizarre thing. I have one story too. Uh, I. 100% vehemently in front of probably five, six, seven people argued and fought against uh, Joel Green's brother, Alex Green. And uh, I was a, let's see, I guess I probably was a freshman or a sophomore in, in band class. I vehemently argued that I had never masturbated before. <laughs> <laughs> and I had masturbated that morning. But I, I, but I actually had said, I have never done it. No, I have not done that. No, that, I'm just, <laughs> that's just not me. I'm not going to do that. And, and, and then I did the, the awesome, you know, it's kind of like a morale tactic, I guess. Uh, of, I said, what about you? Do you masturbate? And he goes, oh, I've got too many girlfriends to do that. I was like, oh, yeah, really? Okay, whatever, dude. I think you'd, And I turned the tables, made it about him and his masturbation you know, Isn't rituals. it funny that that was a bad and I thing? Won. Like back then, he still was... thinks to this day I never masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he always All tells right. the story. There's one guy. I know. 
<laughs> there is this one guy. There's this one dude. He swears. <laughs> I believe him. I totally believe him. It's crazy. It is possible. All right, let's take a break. Let's bring on Pastor Greg Locke. This is going to get interesting. I'm excited. All right, be right back. All right, folks. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. So here's how this works. The mattress industry uh, inherently has forced customers into paying like giant markups. And that's because they have the showrooms and all that stuff. And that guy standing out on the corner with the sign. Well, all that gets factored into the price of your mattress when you go to those expensive places with massive markups. Casper's revolutionizing the industry by cutting out all that stuff and selling you good stuff. A good mattress, really. I sleep on one at home. I love it. I'm going to get more for the rest of my family. I'm going to tell everybody I know you should get and sleep on a Casper mattress. Uh, I wouldn't do that just because they sponsor the podcast because sleep's pretty dang important thing. And I do love my Casper mattress. I really do. A lot of, I mean, you know, Toby, you got the points. Tell them more about it. Heck yeah. Mattresses honestly often cost like over $1,500. I just can't believe it. But Casper mattresses cost between $500 Mm -hmm. for a twin, uh, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. That's unheard of prices. And the convenience is amazing. Buying Casper, buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns uh, within a 100-day period. It's that simple. Statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you. I've been there. I made that mistake in a showroom with mattresses. That's why Casper has turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in Mm -hmm. all reality, you spend a third of your life on. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Um, And really, that risk-free trial is a great deal. You try sleeping on it for 100 days uh, and it's free delivery and painless return. Made in America, great price. So here's what you got to do. To get $50 toward any mattress purchase, go to casper.com forward slash bad Christian. That's casper.com forward slash bad Christian. Sleep better. Sleep amazing. It is awesome. Toby, you know what day is coming up? What, buddy? Father's Day. And as always, I never know what I'm going to get my dad because he doesn't need a daggum tie or a pair of socks. Dude, I know exactly what you can get him. Yeah. I think you and I are thinking on the same wavelength because I was just about to tell you on the count of three, let's say it. One, two, three. Harry's. Hell yeah. Dude, Harry's has a Father's Day gift that you can give your dad and i'm telling you i got mine in the mail for my dad and it is beautiful yeah i love hair i promise you you know what's really funny i went on a fishing trip with a bunch of guys this week and it is so awesome that they they listened to the podcast a bunch of friends and they were asking me about some of our products and we ended up talking about harry's is one of them and i was really able to say it's the best shape i've ever had yeah i'm telling the truth i love harry's razors the quality the shave it is unparalleled it is so awesome i love how i have a super sensitive neck the blade is so nice that it just smooths everything over no razor rash nothing like that it is yep, so awesome let your dad in on this the gift comes for the the father's day gift comes in a beautiful box mm-hmm. you don't need to wrap it comes in the mail you don't need to wrap it listen to this limited edition father's day shave kit includes a uh, matte black razor handle a chrome razor stand, Harry's moisturizing foaming shave gel, three of Harry's handcrafted blade cartridges, a travel cover, all of this 
40 bucks. That's and I'm amazing. telling you, this stuff is just beautiful. Yeah, sorry. I want to tell y'all that I got one too. They sent me, me one. And as a father, I'm really proud. But here's what this is what was special to me is that chrome heavyweight uh, stand. I have my yeah. Harry's razor. It looks great. And I have it sitting on there and it's like a beacon. Like I, I it stands <laughs> up and it thinks that heavyweight thing. And I, I walk in there and I, I just, it's, it gives me a pleasant vibe just to walk in and see my gift there that, yep. that Harry's gave to me and that I'm going to get for my father. So I, I think that's great. It's called the Father's Day Shave Set. Find that on their website and get it for your dad. Seriously. Don't wait. Just get Father's Day taken care of. This offer ends Thursday, June the 9th. So act now. Go to harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter code BCPOD at checkout to get $5 off of this gift, man. Get dad something he'll actually use this Father's Day. Greg, this is Matt for the Bad Christian Podcast. I'm on here with Toby and Joey as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. So, Greg, one thing that I keep finding because I'm, you know, Googling, reading, watching and stuff. I mean, you are de- you've got to be Target's number one shopper. You love you some Target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Target haven't been getting along the last month or so. <laughs> hey, if they gave you a $10,000 shopping spree, would you take it? Not right now because it would be some bad publicity, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what kind of, uh, what kind of stuff? are you getting in your inbox, man? Tell, tell us the juicy stuff. Like what's some crazy stuff you've been getting. And then we want to kind of, you know, for people that don't know you, we, you know, we want to take like a little snapshot of what's been going on the last six months with your videos and just stuff you've been outspoken about, but tell us some, uh, tell us some juicy inbox messages. You know what? We do get some very juicy inbox messages, <laughs> but we actually had to disable the, the actual inbox on the page and kind of make people go through a couple of extra hoops. And so they have to contact the church. So they get a lot of the, of the vitriolic stuff. Uh, I get it through my personal uh, page, but uh, I tell you every single day, the calls and the emails that come in, I mean, uh, I'm sure you get your, uh, your bit of hate mail, but I'm telling you just the threats and just the, the anger and just the deviance in people's hearts. I mean, some people are just, I mean, they, they threatened to, you know, drag me out of the pulpit in front of our church on a Sunday morning and, you know, beat me to death, burn the building down. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> oh, some people will actually take a picture of themselves and send it to us wow. and say, hey, we're going to have a big bang this weekend. And I'm like, what in the world? And so, you know, we have to take that stuff credibly, even if they're stupid. And uh, yeah. so we just turn it over to the authorities and you know, we have a good safety team at church. And, you know, it's sad that we even, we even have to have one, but uh, there's a lot of Greg Locke haters out there. There's no doubt about it. That's pretty that funny, I, but you're pretty aware of them and you, and you certainly aren't bashful about, and you know, they're going to come and you, I mean, certainly oh, yeah. you understand the positions you take and, and the rhetoric you use is, is going to outrage a certain percentage of the population, right? Oh yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So we know it just comes with the territory. It's just part of it. We just, you know, it only takes one crazy person to mess up everything mm-hmm. that's going on in yeah, church. So we just want to give the, the sense to the people that they are secure, that their kids are, you know, safe. And, you know, yeah. some nutcase not going to come in and blow everybody up. To what totally. degree would you say it's strategic on your part to, to irritate or upset or cause people to be angry at your point of view? Um, I mean, not necessarily angry, but I sure, certainly don't mind people feeling uncomfortable, you know, with what I'm saying. You know, I mean, there was times that Jesus was super, you know, passive and compassionate. And then there were times he was a lot more aggressive about things. And so it yeah. just goes with the territory. And I think no matter what we say, you know, people can bend it, take it out of context. You know, basically, I live in a three-minute soundbite world. You guys know how that is mm-hmm, in the media yeah. world. And so, you know, people are going to hear what they want to hear. 
Yeah, I find I think it's a really interesting case. I mean, because there's this couple things going on on here to be transparent is number one, I really respect when people are tough. I really respect when people say what they really think and are not worried about the naysayers and stuff like that. And and you're right. We do get a lot of uh, strong disagreement with stuff we say and stuff we do. And I'm totally okay with that and, and even proud of the fact that that doesn't freak me out or, or, or cause sure. me to back down. Um, but on the other hand, I would say, and so I'm really happy for for that point of our free speech. I'm really happy that people have different points of view and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, I, you know, that goes in line with also, I feel like I disagree with most of the rants you go on. And by the same time, I really respect <laughs> it and want to foster that, that, sure. uh, that uh, the ability for that is something that I really respect. But, you know, I find my, your videos make me mad to tell you the truth a lot of times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And yeah, I'm sure and a lot of stuff I say would irritate you as well, but that is the case. <laughs> I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. But hey, like you said, the freedom of speech. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you know, I have these ones that do go viral that are more rant filled. But I mean, on a daily basis, they're much more preachy. They're much mm-hmm. more devotional, Bible based. It's just the certain ones. You know that that just kind of go viral, Second Amendment and all that kind of stuff. That kind of yeah. gets yeah. people riled up. But at the end of the day, we we don't mind you know speaking our mind on those things for sure. I think my first introduction to you, I mean, you is like you hit everything, man. You were saying this and that about race stuff and religious stuff and Muslim stuff and gay stuff. I was like, oh, oh my. Oh, Damn. okay. That, oh, that was that was the one. Uh, just just say what everybody's thinking. Yeah, is that your, was yeah. that your breakout video? Was that the one that got the first no, most views? Uh, no, the the breakout video would have been last June. I think I just reposted it the other day. Uh, the coming out of the closet one. That okay. was the breakout video. So, so just in the past couple of days, I've been looking at a lot of your, I guess, more recent ones. I'm like, dadgummit, I kind of like this guy. And so, <laughs> uh, like, seriously, I agree with Matt. Like, I I just appreciate the fact that you're just so open and I think more people need to have well, less, it's, it's risky about, least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. less concern about what other people think. But here, here's where I would say I really disagree with you is you, you said that there were some times when Jesus was grace filled and then sometimes Jesus, you know, was pretty hardcore. It seems that when Jesus was hardcore, it was almost always, and I could, I, I almost want to go so far as to say always with the religious folks and the Pharisees and all that stuff. It seems like a sure, lot sure. of the stuff you say comes across as pretty unloving to sinners. And people that well, we it would, would probably be from the, the yeah the standpoint of the LGBT community. I mean, any time in this day and age that we have any type of disagreement, it's automatically going to be considered you know discriminatory or bigotry. Mm-hmm. Whereas we would say you know it's just you know either it's common sense or to us it's morals or it's values or it's convictions. And so yeah, definitely the tables are turned, and anything I say at this point to a lot of people is going to be hate speech. But I right. you know I did a video a while back. You know I hate religion as much as atheists do because Jesus was scathingly harsh to the religious crowd and very loving to the non-religious crowd. And and what people don't realize about our church, we've built our entire congregation on broken people. I mean, uh-huh. 85, 90% of the people that come, they're out of prison. I mean, they're, they're coming off crack and meth. We're putting their marriages back together. So we love people right where they are. I tell people that approval and acceptance are two very different things. Sure, I'll accept yeah. anybody. We've had gay people come to our church. We've had all different types of people come, and we accept them, and we love them. That doesn't mean we have to approve of their lifestyle. I, so, I again, do. you know, sometimes people can hear me kind of preaching and be like, oh, this guy must be a jerk for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about the LGBT community as a whole? Well, with with Matt's question, let me actually read something that you said just, just to get, get a little intense here. 
you said that you are not bowing down to the golden calf of the LGBT community. So that gives us some context. What do you mean by that? I mean by that, that that's pretty much the crowd that everything is changing for in order to cater to them. I mean, it's, you know, it's the school system, it's the HB2, it's the bathrooms now. It's yeah. everything. Everything's LGBTQI, whatever all these, you know, acronyms and initials that they're putting on. You know, it's what everybody's talking about. It's the hot button issue. Now, you know, the, the, the cake bakers, everything has, <laughs> has turned to that since the Supreme Court decision. And so what I mean by not bowing to the golden idol is, you know, we're going to be kind. We're going to speak the truth in love. But Christians are told to speak the truth. We're not told to speak love. We're told to speak the truth in love. And I think there's a difference. And so I love my four kids. And so I tell them what's right and what's wrong, you know, from my moral standpoint. And so I'm not going to, you know, get in front of the camera and say, yeah, I'm not going to call them names. I'm not going to say you bunch of queer. You know, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to state from a moral position and from a biblical standpoint, hey, here's where I stand. Here's what I believe. And you come to our church, you better believe you can. If a gay person's drowning, I'm going to risk my life to save you. If you're hungry, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going to help you pay your bills, but I'm not going to, at the now, end of the day, agree. Is with that contingent, though, on them stopping that sin? You, you know, like, it's it's easy to say, yeah, I want to, I'll want i feed you, I'll clothe you and stuff like that. But uh, if they say, yeah, I don't think what I'm doing is a sin. I, I'm against any sexual sin. I don't care if it's heterosexual, homosexual, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, the Bible is against fornication and adultery as much as it is anything right. else. But, uh, you know, as far as somebody being a member of our church, uh, yeah, obviously there would be a little bit more of a covenant and a, and a right. you know, concentrated effort on certain things we won't change. But to come to our church, to be loved, to be influenced, to hear me preach, to to go out to eat? No, there wouldn't have to be any lifestyle change at all because it's the gospel that changes people, not, not Greg Locke's rants. So with that being said, with what you just said, why why would you say it's so important to take a stand? Because like one of your videos, I mean, you just kept saying, take a stand, take a stand, take a stand. But if, if it's the Holy Spirit that's ultimately doing the work, why is it so important for us as Christians to take a stand? Well, we're still called to take one. And, and even from a, from a pastoral standpoint, I mean, God you know, he does equip certain people to be a mouthpiece, to be a voice. Yeah. I think all Christians, Ephesians 6, need to stand, having done all to stand, but there are some people that need to go further out on the limb. And I think the magic sauce, if you will, behind our page, you know, I mean, here's this this little hillbilly guy from Middle Tennessee. I think it's the the voice, it's not, and not the physical voice, but you know what I mean? Somebody is saying something, what people are thinking. I mean, take John the Baptist, sure. for example. That cat, he had the personality of a rock. I mean, you could not carry on a conversation with that guy. I mean, he had no personality, but everybody came to hear him preach because he was a voice crying in the wilderness. He dealt with political issues, religious issues, and eventually had his head served to him on a platter because of it. And so, you know, I I just feel like Christians do need to take a stand. I think the reason we're in the mess we're in is because we have been so passive. We have been so silent, so quiet. That's where I disagree, though, is I just don't see what, what, what mess there is. I don't think we're in any kind of mess at all. I think things are going really well. This is like the best time ever in human history, and things are awesome. Right. Well, I mean, that's going to be a matter of perspective where you stand with your worldview. I mean, from a biblical, biblical worldview, Jesus said it's not going to get better and better. There's no such thing as a utopian society. It's going to get worse and worse. I mean, he plainly said, you know, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. And so I guess it depends on where you start, what your definition of good is, you know, what your worldview is. I would look at it and I would say, we're in chaos, we're in moral decline. And, you know, there's a lot of perversity, not just LGBT, but, I mean, pornography is the number one problem in the Mm -hmm. church in America amongst men. I mean, you know, we're seeing, you know, pastors now being picked up for sex trafficking of these little minors. I mean, all this deviant, wicked behavior. And so I don't want to just classify it as, oh, this is a 
this is a transgender bathroom issue, and that's that's why America's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> no, it's going to hell in a handbasket for a lot of other reasons. I'm not sure though. I I kind of I feel like there's probably less total evil being done in the world today than any other time in history. You don't think with where we've moved with people and and uh, rights and ending Social slavery justice, and education, the, the amount of wars and the amount of education we have. I mean, it has to be the least amount of evil going on now ever, right? Let's take America, for instance. I mean, the slavery used to be totally ingrained in our church leaders. So, man, we, at least we've moved past that. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about that. But I mean, when you say moral decline, what is the what does that mean? Well, I mean, just look at the the sexual perversity. I mean, just the sexual revolution, what it's opened up to. I mean, it's just it's everywhere. We see it all the time. It's on every sitcom. It's every comedian's you know fun. It, it, it's everywhere that we look. Sex, sex, sex. I mean, what is PG now was you know rated R thirty years ago. But I mean, there's what there's probably less sex trafficking and less prostitution and less rape than there's ever been in human history, though, in in, in America, don't you think? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I don't know the statistics one way or the other to prove that, but I would think it would be much, I mean, much worse. There's I mean, more coarse jokes on there, TV. There are I more agree. slaves alive today than there's ever been in the history of the world. I mean, sex slavery is humongous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. No, I don't. I don't deny that and the existence of real evil. But I, I think overall, we're, there, you know, I, I think the the moral decline phrase kind of plays into some thing that's for certain people and certain groups or even conservatives or old people or religious people. And it almost is in that territory of what I'd call fear mongering. Whereas, I mean, my, my grandma wants to believe, oh, the world's just worse and worse and worse. And that's kind of an easy uh, angle to take. But I don't I don't really know that, that that's true. I kind of think the opposite is true. Right. Well, I mean, I would have to take that angle on simply because the Bible states that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then he goes on and explains what those dangerous times looks like. And I mean, it's like reading the newspaper. So again, it's really it's really based on our worldview at the end of the day. It's how we approach the Bible or the lack thereof, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think, though, that like, uh, for example, nobody 10 years ago uh, really cared about the transgender thing? There's always been transgenders. There's always been homosexuals, always been heterosexuals. So nobody cared. And they've all been going to the bathroom for quite a while everywhere. Uh, you know, even before this. So do you think like when you were talking about a voice before and like being the voice, I, I think you're right. Are you, do you not feel manipulated by the, just the culture? Like this is, it, this one issue isn't like the biggest issue in the Bible. Obviously the biggest issue is Jesus and learning who he is and stuff. So do you not feel manipulated that that's why you're talking about this? Not really because it's, it's so important to the Bible. Even in the video, I talked about the fact, and even the follow-up video, we've, we've always gone to the bathroom with transgender people. The target issue was not a transgender issue with me. It was a safety of our children issue, a huge issue. And at this point, like I had an interview earlier today, I, I told folks, if you Google right now, I mean, there are it's probably a dozen cases where it's already happened, where these peeping Tom dudes have gone into you know locker rooms and changing rooms and target bathrooms, and they're manipulating this, this new policy. So that's what it was about. I don't, I'm sure I've gone to the bathroom with transgender people before, didn't know it, and don't care. This wasn't an issue about that. And I think the reason it got so big so quick, you know, both my video or whatever anybody said about it was because it came on the, you know, the very heels of, you know, Springsteen canceling in North Carolina and NFL talking about North Carolina and the governor fighting HB2 Mm -hmm. and all of that. And so everything just kind of came down the pike at the same time. And then, you know, all of a sudden I walk out of a target and do a video and kaboom, 
you know, I'm, I'm the voice against, you know, transgender bathrooms when at the end of the day, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with the transgender lifestyle at all, but it was a safety precautionary issue that I was dealing with in the video. And that's what I try to get Fox News and everybody else to understand. I will, I will give you the credit to say that you, you were clear and you are clear and many people are clear that it's not the transgender thing, but at the same time, it is confusing to me. Like to me, this issue is a really, really funny one and it drives me crazy because it's polarized so much on both sides. And I really do think right. to some degree there's an agenda, but I really think it's bad on both sides. And I cannot believe that other people, I may be the only one I feel like, but why can't the, why can't the attitude be one of problem solving? Right. Right. Why don't we just get it? Yep. You know, it, it just seems like there should be a solution to me. And, and I mean, if you look sure. at it logically, if it's about separating people, which it used to be, it was like, I don't want to use a bath. It sounds like some of the thing we'd say, well, I don't want to use a bathroom with queers because what they come looking at me or whatever. I mean, right. you know, it's just, I, it, I don't even understand it. I mean, to me, walls, stalls are walls, you know, a stall right. is a room. It, I don't think, I actually don't believe in any way. I'm sorry to, to disagree with you again, but I don't believe safety is an issue at all. I don't even think there's a safety issue. I mean, I know you can say out of the millions of things out there, there's going to be some stuff and some headlines, but I mean, we don't, I'm sure there's people who are more sexually assaulted by opposite genders in parks, but we don't have separate parks for men and women for that reason. It right. just isn't, I just don't think it's a big deal at all. I mean, I have a daughter. I don't care if she goes to Target bathroom. It doesn't, I don't even, I don't understand that. Really. Well, also because you're going to go with her. Like there's no, there's no safety issue because I'll go with my daughter and son up until, uh, and then I'll make sure she feels well, safe when she goes in by herself. Just, when she's I just don't age. even see why I wouldn't be safe anyway. I'm saying I would have said the exact same thing before this whole thing became an issue. That, right. I, yeah, I kind of feel like it's a non-issue. It doesn't feel that dangerous. I feel like that's just the culture or media trying to push us that way, like fear-mongering. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, just I just want to go through this just a little bit. Yep. But I mean, for instance, and this is a silly topic in a way, but you can just not go to the bathroom. Like, uh, you know, do we need to boycott Target? I mean, you can just not go to the bathroom. I mean, what if they didn't have a bathroom? It would be fine. I wouldn't care. Right, right. I got you. And at the end of the day, uh, my video dropped, you know, two, two and a half days after AFA's boycott. You know, never in the video did I ever say anything about boycott. Am I going to Target? No, because at this point I am a Target <laughs> because of Target. But, uh, you know, I, the boycott was never my intention. The boycott was never my idea. I was stating the facts. And again, let me circle the wagons and say this. I'm not worried about a transgender person at all. Right. No, I understand you know, being, being a pedophile. That's not the point. What shocked me was the cavalier attitude that Target had when I walked in and said, you mean to tell me right now, the way I look, I can walk into the women's restaurant? Yes. And so, I mean, that shocked me that they would allow me, yeah. you know, I don't have to put on a dress or a wig or lipstick. I just got to walk up in there. That's what I want to do, you know? And so I was just... Yeah, I'm not a raving uh, liberal or the most social justice person in the world, but I promise you, I have a record on this podcast if somebody will ever dig it up. I've been saying that there should only be one bathroom anyway. I believe there should only have ever, I don't think bathrooms ever should have been separate, in my opinion. I went in the girl's bathroom with my daughter this weekend, but I didn't, I'm a man. I look like a man. I went straight in a girl's bathroom two days right. ago. I don't care. I don't think it matters at all. I wish we only had one bathroom. I never understand why we ever separated them in the first place. I think it's totally bizarre. I mean, I just really do. Like, I've never seen, right. I don't, I've never seen any dongs in, in the bathroom. I don't, I mean, I could maybe. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, in the women's bathroom, it wouldn't matter right. to me if women were in, in the same bathroom as me, but it doesn't matter. My big fear is that we are just being manipulated, honestly, maybe even by both sides, because you're right. Like, it shouldn't be a uh, sexual preference or identity issue. It should just be, it's a toilet. So, like, also, you could reverse that and say, 
oh man, that's really awesome that Greg can go in that bathroom. That means no matter what, with his daughters, his kids, whatever, he can go in any restroom and protect his family. That part's kind of cool. Like, like you also get to go in there. Like when you see the guy that looks a little shady or whatever, you get to go in that bathroom too. And so I kind of think it's like giving up, like, I don't care about giving up a little bit of my time or whatever to get up from the restaurant and go eat with my, you know, go to the restroom with my daughter so that she feels safe. I'm going to do that. She's six now. I'm probably going to try and do that as long as I can forever because I just know that there are bad people. So do do you see the do you, like do you think at all like it's just hyped up and and as a church we might be getting just manipulated? I think any of it can certainly be spun and can be hyped up. I do think it's a little bit of a bigger issue than just to say, oh, let's just all go pee in the same place. You know, I, I certainly What's wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't agree with that. You know, God made a male and female, did them that way for a reason anatomically. And so, but I mean, how long I'm going to walk my kids to the bathroom, I don't know. I just think that they, the reason it got such a big deal is because they tried to cater to a crowd that they never had to cater to because they've flown below the radar for all of these years. And so they kind of opened a whole keg of worms for no reason. Why not just leave it the way that it's been? It's kind of the whole political stance I was taking. Why have to bend over backwards? What about this? I, I imagine if I'm trying to understand the target's point of view, which is, I think, another thing that would be helpful for people to just try to understand. Because like I said, I'm not uh, some warrior for everybody. I'm just trying to look at it practically. I, I don't think Target is in on some conspiracy right. to harm this and ruin America. And I think they believe, and I think we should consider this, the leaders at Target and some of these people, whether overreacting or not, I don't know, are thinking that this is the way that the world ought to go. This will create a better world for everybody in the long term, and they want to be leaders in trying to create equality and promote equality. That is their point of view. Now, you may not agree with it. They might be right, but it's not It's not some crazy sure, sure. You know, oh, conspiracy to do that. So it seems that. like that's their aim. And then the other thing that that leads me to is, you know, there's just a certain amount of these issues that as Christians or as anybody, you got to almost see it coming that you're going to it's going to come down on the wrong side. You're going to look, you know, what, what do you think about the being on the wrong side of how this is eventually going to go? It'll seem like, I mean, stuff like marijuana, gay marriage, transgender equality. I mean, it's, it's almost foregone conclusions. And I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying, but clearly this is where we'll be in 40 or 50 years. And we'll probably all look back and say, that was crazy. And the people like that have the kind of point of view that you have will I mean, it seems to me like it'll look like it was a bigoted point of view, given enough time forward in history. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think I think that's just going to fulfill everything that we already read about in the Bible, regardless if we believe that or not. We know it's going to get where we know it's going to get to a point where we are mm-hmm. the the fundamentalist oddities yeah. when I will look like the oddball. But at the end of the day, I'm not really concerned about that because I know how the thing turns out. I mean, the Bible doesn't end with oh me. It ends with amen. And so it's all going to turn out with or without Greg Locke. You know, the Lord doesn't need my voice or my Facebook page, but I'm still going to stand in certain areas Mm -hmm. of morality. And I'm I'm still going to keep a very strict and adhere to a very tight worldview as far as the biblical narrative is concerned. What would you define as bigotry toward LGBT, though? I'm not not saying that you are, but certainly a lot of people think you are. But how would you say that you're not bigoted or what would bigotry be towards them, in your opinion? I think bigotry would actually be the 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 hateful, you know, calling like you said, queers and using the fag word. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I know I've ministered to enough gay people, homosexual people, uh, even within the context of my own family. 
and people know where I stand on the moral issue. I, I think the, the bigotry would come in if I were out gay bashing. I'm not gay bashing. I'm just disagreeing, and I'm doing it from a biblical standpoint. Now, if people want to say I'm a bigot or discriminatory because of that, well, I'm sorry, but I'm still going to preach what I see in the context of the Scripture, not Old Testament, but New Testament, where, where I see that, hey, this is wrong. I preach against a lot of things at my church. You know, I'm going to preach against adultery. I'm going to preach against pornography. I'm, and right. I'm going to preach against premarital sex as much as I'm going to preach against the other. But because, again, because the culture is pointing that direction, everybody automatically thinks that's the, the golden calf that we have to worship. You know, that's the altar that we have to worship. LGBT, uh, uh, you know, we got to cater to them, cater to them. No, we don't. We don't, Do you and think- I'm not going to, and I'm not going to cater to anybody at the end of the day. Greg, do you think that people that uh, do not know Jesus as Savior, do you think that they need to hear you preach against, you know, specific sins? And uh, there was a video that you made, and it was, you know, if if I did run for president, basically you kind of went down a list of things that you would correct, and it just sounded kind of like moralizing America, and it, it seems as if that takes away from the the message of the gospel, which is simple. Hey, we all need a Savior. We all need freedom. Come to this guy that just wants to give you freedom. If 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 you take the standpoint of here are all the things you need freedom from, don't don't you think that is that needed for people that just need to come to Jesus in the first place? Well, a couple of things. First of all, that is preached a lot in my church. We preach the gospel. My page is not for lost people for the most part. It, some yeah. people use it as evangelism, but as a pastor, Greg Locke, public figure page, my page is for Christians. I mean, I'm pandering, if you will, to that crowd, mm-hmm. you know, that wants that. A lot of them don't want that. But I mean, that's that's, kind that's of a, a good distinction to make. I appreciate that. Yeah. You understand that you are doing something that's to even rally or entertain uh, Christians that already. Sure. In, in some way, I mean, people want to hear a certain thing. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so, yeah, I mean, I preach the gospel hot and heavy every service at our church. But again, we're talking about two, three, four and five minute sound bites, whereas yeah. you know, I'm preaching 30, 40 and 50 minutes five times a week, you know, at our growing congregation. And so, yeah, there is a distinction. My page is set up for believers. And oddly enough, uh, it really, the, the market, if you will, has kind of turned into atheistic type of people that, you know, that I've been on all these programs and platforms with them. And I mean, we have had super civil discussions and live streaming, and I've really enjoyed it. I mean, they've been kind to me. I've been kind to them. And at the end of the day, we may disagree, but we do it politely and kindly. And so it's kind of weird where my page has gone. But at the end of the day, it is a pastoral type page more than an evangelistic thrust. Yeah, that makes sense. How open are you about your own struggles and sin? Oh my goodness, uh, very. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if, how much you you see the page, but I, I just did recently a video on uh, my battle with depression that I had anxiety for a long time, panic attacks, and severe depression, and I and I really opened up, talked about that. Uh, you know, I talk about struggles in my marriage and, you know, trying to be a better dad. You know, I've got four little kids and I'm 40 years old. I'm trying to make it up. I, I didn't have that role. My dad was in prison for years and, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of male leadership. I lived in a children's home for four years. And so from 16 to 19, that was the only time I had any type of structure in my life. But I was coming off dope. I was arrested six times. And so I'm kind of making up being a dad. And so, I, you know, I, I tell our people as well as the videos, you know, hey, I struggle and you know, so I do some very vulnerable type stuff because I think people need that because preachers have this silly persona that, you know, I've got to be all holier than thou with a suit and tie and I got to deepen my voice and all this crap. But at the end of the day, I put my socks on one foot at a time like everybody else. For some reason, 
you know, God's just seen fit to, to give me a great platform. And I want to harness that power because I know it can hurt me or it can hurt other people. And so I'm learning. There's been videos that I've pulled because I maybe said something much more abrasive than I normally would if I didn't have that platform or that audience. And so I'm learning through all of it. I mean, this is so new to us. I've always preached, you know, for 24, 25 years, but the page has only blown up in the last, you know, year. We went from 4,000 to, you know, 760,000 in, you know, 10 and a half, 11 months. Good. And so there have been videos that I've pulled. There have been times that I said, you know what, that, that was stupid. Our elders or our staff would be like, hey, preacher, maybe you could have said that a little different. And so we pulled the video. And so I'm learning. I'm trying to mature. But I think one of the one of the things that people like about the page is not just, you know, abrasiveness and not just forthrightness, but sometimes I'm very, very vulnerable. And I said, listen, man, I'm I'm struggling this week. You know, I'm broken. And I, and I want people to know that I'm as broke as they are. Are you seeing any growth at your church, too? Are people like like saying, you know, you're the YouTube pastor or or, or whatever? Like, are you seeing stuff like that happen? It, it, we are. As a matter of fact, well, the exponential growth at our church in the last year has been ridiculous. We just launched a Saturday night service. And uh, so now I'm preaching Saturday night at 6, Sunday at 9, Sunday at 11, Wednesdays at 7. Our building probably, I mean, we have a very small, little, tiny building that was given to us a few years back. We renovated it. I think it maybe has 170 seats on the floor, and we're putting over 500 people a weekend in there now. So, I mean, it just took off like a rocket ship. So, they're just standing in the parking lot, basically. Now, now also, I'm sure you get tons of comments, good and negative. You, uh, uh, two questions. You get you get more negative or more positive, and what's like some of the worst ones you've read about yourself? <laughs> You know, uh, we do get a more positive than we get negative. You know, thank you, thank you. Especially when I do those very vulnerable ones, or one I did yesterday, yeah, yeah. like on I just I just talked about Jesus wept. You know, it's okay, man. Let it out. You ain't gonna bottle it up. You ain't gonna fake it till you make it. And that really resonates with people. And so, man, the the email lights up when I do those type. And so we do get more positive, but we do get a lot of negative. And I want to be careful, and, and I'll say this, but. I never want it. The negative can drive traffic and the atheists and the haters do drive traffic, but I don't want to be, and I, and I don't want to use names, but you, you all know of some YouTube and Facebook sensations that basically have built their platform on being a jerk. And I don't want to do that. I, yeah. I would rather pull the whole thing down than to be known for that. So we do have much more positive, but the negative that we get, <laughs> woo, it's pretty negative. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty nasty on, on, you know, on top of the threats and all that, but I mean, there's not a day that goes by, you know, people aren't, you know, sending us messages. You need to kill yourself, you know, threatening. It's just it's crazy. I mean, they use, but we took the profanity filter off of the comment section. It was probably a, a bad mistake because, I mean, man, alive. I whew, make, make you blush just to read through some of it. And usually, just to be honest, the staff kind of handles a lot of that. They don't respond. If there's a response on there with a blue check mark, it's me doing it. But it's just not a lot of response. Because I hit and run. I do a video, I turn it off, and I'm out. Because I know it's about to light up like a Christmas tree. Because I can do a video. Like, I can get off this thing right now, and I can say, hey, guys, just got off the bad Christmas, whatever. And I can do something for just a couple of minutes. And within five minutes, I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And so you got to be careful mm -hmm. with, that, with that kind of platform. I want to use it correctly because it could blow some people's face off. Well, well let's, let's go ahead and use it and light this podcast up like a Christmas tree. We appreciate <laughs> you coming on this show today, and we know you got your wedding anniversary, so we'll, we'll let you go. But yeah, let's, this podcast will be up next week, and we'd love for you to share it, and we appreciate your time today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, make man, sure, yeah send you. me the link. That would be great. I'd definitely put it up, guys. And I'll come back sometime. I mean, I appreciate y'all's hospitality, and man, it was awesome. Well, sweet. Yep, there's a lot of stuff I'd love to talk to you about because because uh, interesting. And again, I really appreciate your points of view, and you're definitely a legitimate, real person. 
uh, that I don't think is just posturing in these videos or anything like that. And there's a lot of different content on there. Sure. And, you know, like I said, I could t- talk all day because I think there's a lot of stuff we disagree about, and I find that fun. So thank you for being a good sport and, and for being on the show. We'll talk again about some other topic soon. Yep, Greg Locke, thank okay, you. Okay, guys, thank you so much, man. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Pastor Greg Locke, everybody. I wish he was a jerk. That, I knew he, I knew he wouldn't be a jerk. I was thinking, okay, I really, yeah, I guess you're right. I was hoping he would be tougher. It, here's the thing: that is not what he just did. Is the real him? The videos are a little bit of a character. Sure, yeah. I mean it just is. But Toby on the Backers podcast is a little bit of a character. Yeah, I mean I'm not always just insane or ranting or going well, can, crazy. Can it's, I back that you know up I mean? one further and say, every, you know, Toby on Monday night when his kids are around at dinner is a, is a character too. Right. Or, you know, it's a yes. version of Toby, right? Right. Totally. Like it's not the or, same version yeah. that, that of Toby group. that's at or, on the tour bus. Right. It's not the same and, one that's on this podcast. It's not the one that if you were making a video that you were trying to get a lot of people to react to, it's not the same one. But it right. doesn't necessarily make any of those things false. But at the same time, it, it's you know, at the same time, these Mark Driscolls and Perry Nobles and Greg Locks, they are just lights out, unbelievably charming, no matter what maximum. And if they get you one-on-one or face-to-face, right. you will like them. And that's a little <laughs> bit dangerous, and a little bit scary. But I promise yeah. you that if you can get, I mean, that, that's like a, a real human weakness that some people are able to really use to their advantage is what I'm saying. Right. That's not, maybe I'm in that category. People, I think, tend to like me if I get the chance to one-on-one try to explain my position or, or point of view, you know. And so I think, that's, I think it's a really scary thing. Cause you can, but on the other hand, it's humanizing at least. Take somebody that you think you hate or whatever, and then if you had to talk to them, you wind up maybe liking them a little bit. And some people don't have that skill. So it's weird. Right. It's just funny because he he just he did work it out where he played the the kind of the southern redneck pastor that's not going to stand for it anymore and and it's working out oh, yeah. and you're right Matt what that after doing the interview you realize whoa this guy is super smart he knows what he's doing it's working out and that's just I mean it's the same thing as every everybody else you're right it's just a, it is somewhat of a character when he goes home at night he's he probably is a lot different and that that that's what this is but. I, I really do see it more and more. It's just everybody's just uh, like in the in the waves of the sea being knocked around by the current event. And it's just so yeah, depressing to me that nobody at all a year ago gave a shit about this. And now they do. And yeah, a year ago, everybody gave a shit about something else. You know what I mean? There was some other fear mongering or right, you know, all, a, a, a year all, or two yeah. ago, it was is gay marriage homosexual marriage and now it's this and next year it'll be something else or next week it'll be something and that's and it's, it feels like to me as christians it really does take away from what we are called to do which is shouldn't he be teaching the bible in its entirety in the story of jesus as opposed to topical sermons it just if you works will, better. to the public <laughs> yeah but you don't know you don't know what he's doing right At yeah that's just his well, facebook page and he, he may explain that that's just something he does on this facebook page for a specific thing but okay at his church he's all these other things so that, that may right. be well, the case i certainly feel like he's in the category of what i would call fear-mongering and I, what drives me crazy is just that on any side of issues it you're only going to preach to your own choir and it doesn't seem like right. anybody's really interested in assessing or problem solving which i cannot sure. understand <laughs> i mean yeah i totally agree like the yeah i don't know like with a bathroom just just have one we should have always just I, you know what though i do think the libertarian point of view is always legitimate too and that's the one that says don't make any business do anything they don't want to do 
Make make it where you have a bathroom. You have to be six foot tall to go into. If you well, that's, that's kind of what, what I wanted to, to say. But if yeah, I had a business, I just would have. I promise you, unless the government dictated to me, if I had a business, right. I would make one really nice bathroom, and it would say bathroom on it, and it would have a bunch of stalls in it, and that would be that. Yeah, that, I mean, I think we created the problem by doing of making course. two bathrooms in the first place. It should just never be about your sexual preference or your sexual identity or whatever you want to call well, it. Well, they used, just used to think that, though. That used to be, as, oh, because men are attracted to women. But if that's the case, right. you need 10 bathrooms the way I figure. You need you, you have to have homosexual men, uh, heterosexual women, this, that, you know, whatever right. things. Like you have to, <laughs> have to true, separate man. everybody based on something. Well, it makes me uncomfortable, you know, to go to a bathroom around somebody that I, might. I, I understand might a little bit of the fear of, hey, wait a minute, my daughter is in middle school and boys can go and change in their locker room. Yeah, I don't all like right. the school stuff. Uh, all right. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm okay. And, and again, I think that should be one bathroom. No, because that, that, no, because no, here's why I, I disagree, disagree with that, that because there's not pedophiles in the schools. Well, the other 12-year-old boys aren't. The pedophile, everybody says the issue is pedophiles going to women's bathrooms. And now you're saying it's something else. That's a, no, and the no, school is, that's a little is, naive, is stupid boys that, well, that are going to flash right. their penis at my daughter, make, masturbation gestures at they, her they can or do that. trying to look under the stall. Well, they, I'm just saying, if you you can do those things anyway. Yeah, but I'm not there to be with my daughters, whereas in public, I have full control over where she goes to the restroom. So I, I definitely feel different about the school thing because I don't think kids are mature enough to handle themselves. I would rather them be separate, but that's just me. Yeah, I, honestly, if I was the transgender community, it would be, I would be all, all get together. <laughs> I would say, Hey, listen, let's let this bathroom thing go and just say, Hey, we're paying taxes. Hey, Hey, you know, white evangelicals, we want to pay taxes. We want to just, you know, support, you know, get America back. We like guns. And then they could probably do whatever they wanted. Like I would just, I would just like, uh, cater a little bit. So you would get so much more because the thing is everybody, it, it, this, it is a, honestly, it seems like a white evangelical, got to take a stand and what is the big deal i don't think tra transgender goes to the bathroom now so i don't even know if, if the transgender community has cared that much either you know what i mean that's what i'm saying i feel like everybody's being manipulated the transgender community is just saying hey we'd like to go to the bathroom i, I feel like a girl or i think i'm a girl or i identify as a girl and i just want to go to the bathroom. So, but i don't know how hard their stance is or how unequal this matters like that like what you're saying matt is it just shouldn't matter it i should be able to go into the I'm bathroom saying. I should be able to honestly go into any bathroom with my daughter so that she's protected from everybody, male, I'm just female, it's a whatever. Issue, and I, I still disagree yeah, I about the school in the sense that if you sexually assault or impose on a person, you should be expelled from the school. I mean, you, you don't. I mean, you don't just say, "Well, we have to have a physical barrier, or else the boys and girls are going to assault each other." That's just not. That's not how we do anything. Right. It's only because that's the way. You know, of course, you you said there's a free for all. There's no rules now, or you change something that people are used to. Yes, there's going to be a detangling period. But if boys and girls were trained on how to operate and what's appropriate, and not appropriate, from day one forever, and you teach people about their bodies and what constitutes assault and what is never okay and what is okay. That's the that's the better solution here versus amounts of separation or amount of guards or physical parameters and protections in place. That's that doesn't do anything anyway. That's my point. Yes, but what what we're saying, Matt, is you didn't care before. So why what does it matter? Like you don't care one way or the other. So why not just keep it as is? Like th here's the thing, it's it still has faults the way it is, but it's working fine. Yeah, so right. What, I just think what are we trying to change? No matter what. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. So why well, it is a non-issue? So why change it? Like if it's working now. 
If boys and girls are in separate locker rooms, leave it alone. That's a gr- it's, there's it's, great it's, points it's of really, view on, on both sides, but they, they just don't seem to be concerted toward working it out. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's political posturing and agenda on some level and then fear-mongering on the other side. But it's, it's driving drive you crazy. If you, and you, you're right, Toby. Wait till next week. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It just, it just doesn't matter. One, I mean, yeah. I mean, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. Uh, you know, the, the terrorists. You know, that this is, uh, it's unbelievable. And you hear that for a little bit, and then that goes away. And then it's the homosexual agenda, and then that ISIS goes away. And then huge, it's marijuana, and then it goes away. ISIS, and now it's, it's the wall. And like, it's just, <laughs> ISIS it, is no problem anymore. I know. <laughs> I just, the big thing is, you're right. Like, why can't I, okay, however you want to identify, Joey, however you want to sexually identify, I am okay with you doing that, right? I'm gay looking. Uh, all right. <laughs> but here's what I want I want the same respect to go, I can also think what I want to think. That's the thing. Let me have time to think, to figure sure. out what I believe about transgender or homosexuality or heterosexuality. Just give me personally. How long you need. The same, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just I just, I, that's just what I hate. We're just being manipulated. So if, if I actually say, I don't know about transgender. If I just say that one statement, mm-hmm. like I don't know what I think about it, that I am potentially labeled a bigot. Sure. That's what that's I don't right. like. Also, if I go, I'm totally for uh, people going to the bathroom. Well, you're stupid. You don't know. They're going to destroy you. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be, you know, people are going to be having sex with this people and this kid and this adult and all this. Stuff. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Just give me time yeah. and let me think about it. Because I honestly, I don't know what I think about the transgender, about transgender people. I just don't know. I know that I need to love everybody, no matter what their sexual preference. So that's what I'm trying to do. I know that I want to give everybody some grace to figure out what they're trying to do. Just give me the same. Yep. Let me figure it out because it's not that easy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've always grown up that boy, uh, my entire life is about boys do sports and play hard and they, they take jobs that might end up killing them more than women do. And women, like today at church, all the at church pastor admin stood up. You know who, what they were? Female. I mean, I, they looked like they identified as female. And I was like, wait, there, there's something there to that. It's not just that they're female. Maybe some part of them being feminine adds to the fact that they're great at admins. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, the, you you know, know, I mean, it's like, real like, complicated. And if you really get down to it, well, the thing is, it's not binary. And I'm not talking about gender here. It's not binary. People's attitudes are not. Because even within, even in these communities, there's people that don't want to identify with the, you know, and the, the LGBT. There's people that think you shouldn't label it this way or I'm not part of that community. Or, I don't want that. Like, right. It's not like there is a unified group of people. So when you talk about what do you think about transgendered people, that's not a consolidated group anyway yeah they're yep. they're just That's a bunch a of individuals and, I, and some I, claim this and some claim that and they're just people well, I, and they're all different anyway so it's not like you it's not like there's a such thing where you eventually come to your position on that people group that's right. not well even, I, I heard a really good comment today i was listening to the radio i forget which radio it was but a guy called in and made a comment of people better be careful what they ask for because next is why wouldn't it, let's say you're sitting in prison right now you're like you know what i actually identify as a woman now i want to be in a woman a women's prison yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe you do that. Maybe. I mean, what, where will it, it take us and go? And so I don't, I don't know. I, and I say that kind of in a funny way, like better be careful what you w- wish for. It's going to be fine either way. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a non-issue, but I'm, I'm just saying there, I guess for me, I just want everybody to have a little bit of time and stop telling me exactly what I need to believe about you or what I need to think. You know what I mean? Like, let me figure out how I identify things. I have that right. I, yeah. I get to do that. So anyway, all right, That's let's move on. I, let's get to some truth, guys. Let's get to some more truth. 
Let's do I don't it. know if we've I don't know if we've had truth. I think we've had truth. I don't know. Kick the music, Matt. In a world. In a world. Where you don't know how to tell your friend Matt that you saw your other bald friend with a beard walking into a women's restroom mm-hmm. uh, with an overcoat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and you started a business with him called Bad we Christian. The, the overcoat is, is real bad, yeah. Yeah. We this is uh, Toby Morell, and I'm scared to death of the man that's sitting beside me. He's a- <laughs> See what I mean? He will flash you. I mean, like, Joe, like a lot uh, Matt, Joe, Joey, Joey preached live credit. this week. I Joe, Joey actually preached the sermon at, at Seacoast. Yeah, I know. And I, th- I appreciate that because, it, you know, as pastors being vulnerable, some talk about their depression. Joey's done that. But he's, yeah. he's also started recently talking about his real struggle with being a flasher with a trench coat yeah. on. It's hard. He is working on it. He knows it's a sinful thing. He's compelled to flash people from his trench coat. And he's being honest about his struggles there from the pulpit, no less. Nope. Joey, nope, I didn't talk about that, but I will tell no. you. Go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Joey's sermon. He has what's the, that's the first time you preached this year for sure, and maybe in a year, but it was definitely uh, over seventy two minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? <laughs> he got no the way. Ju- now let me just let me just say this to give you a hint about what Joey. Okay, he talked. Uh, we're going through the Struggler's Real Conference here at our church, and it's about uh, mental health, and and so Joey was kind of talking about some of that stuff, dealing with anger. Um, some, some actually good points. I have to admit, I, I even took one note about asking, getting people, asking people, do they think you're bitter? I thought that was pretty good, a good point. So Joey talks, we, I work with the people in our tech booth that have to go through Joey's notes, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they, they told us, they were like, uh, yeah, that during the first, cause we have two services. Joey had to preach twice during the first. And they were like, yeah, we were really scared that we had messed up because, uh, it went so long before he got to his first point. <laughs> was and it then, really 72 so, minutes of yeah, At least. No. I think the, I think the first one might have been 73, 74. Oh I'm not kidding. Gosh. It was super long. You're I'm having to edit this, it. Joey. Toby. And, and, oh, no. La, la, last little it's thing here. It's 40 minutes. Jo- jo- no, no, it's definitely not 40 minutes. It's way over 60. At the very least. The message? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Joey, we did two songs, and then you got up there. So w- our church service starts at 9 so you started by 907, 908, say 910. I'll get I'll give you that, right? <laughs> we did not go back up there till 1015, almost 1020. We cut a song. Toby, I'll tell you what, when you do Joey, that, when what you, is 10, what is 910 to uh 1015? I, it was really 1020, but that's that's just you don't have I mean it's a stupid argument. You don't even have the times right because we did a bunch of stuff at the beginning that we don't normally do. So you're not, no, the first service we didn't, the first service we didn't do a bunch of stuff. Right. The first service was you, uh, the first service you did pushing 70 minutes. You should certainly allow Toby to round up to illustrate (laughs) this point. Anyway, moving on. No, no, you should. Why are you? I mean, just, hey, just, just okay, hold on. Right, what in the, why in the world? What, what are you point? arguing? Yeah. I'm the one that's editing your sermon. Right. We started at 9, 10 a.m. And then I went back up to do the other song. I texted Robbie to not do response. I said, hey, we don't have enough time to do response. And uh, I mean, to, for you to do a long response, I promise you, by the time we got back up there, it was it, it was at least over 60 minutes. How about that? Can we do, meet there? Do you do you realize that if it? <laughs> Why are you trying to argue it? Because you're just gonna because that's just a crazy number. How about this then? Okay, it's a crazy number. I'll let you look at the time after the podcast. Okay. Now here's what's really funny. Even prove my point further, and and just say yes or no to this. Joey talked for a long time. Then he, which was good. I'm telling you, it was good. I'm just saying it was funny because you got campus pastor disease. Like this is my time to talk. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. well, I'm out here. Uh, 
So he talked for a long time, then got to his points, then had an interview, right? So I'm counting the interview as part of your sermon too. Without the interview, it would have been less. But after the interview, right? Joey goes, I have a quick, I have quick, uh, a quick 11 points. <laughs> Is that true? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I must be way off on the time. Yeah, don't be a, a down, quick yeah, 11. Don't be a down hey, let me give you a quick 11, a not those, the top 10. A lot of those points took yeah, but 10 Joey, seconds. But, okay. That's why they were quick. Yeah, quick I mean, 11. Yeah, but just there's no reason to round down and bring things back to earth if he is making a point, and it probably is true or, or close to true. <laughs> so we'll go with Toby. We'll, we'll go near Toby's number. If that's okay. It's just funny. It's just funny. Doctor to defense. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> a quick. Okay, guys. A quick 11 <laughs> points here. Quick 11 news stories. <laughs> His sermon was good, everybody. I took notes from it. That should tell you something. Now, are you done for the day now? Did that set you off? Not at all. You are upset. Uh, just, now, I didn't. Don't, don't I didn't bring say it out anything bad. Just let it. Why do you think I'm upset right now? Because you are a little bit that I said you preached for a long time. It was a long time. I totally, I, I even said it was a long time. 70 minutes is crazy. I'm not mad. I just think it's funny when, when you actually when you do lie. the editing, how you are going to be surprised. 70 minutes would mean that basically. But how about this? Wouldn't it be really funny if you went with it and go, I had campus pastors easy right. and we all laughed. Right. There's no reason to get this number like what, right. Right. You see now. what I'm saying? Like that, no, that is the problem. Like if I was exaggerating, it'd just go with it and it'd be really funny. I'd. I don't go with it with sometimes with some things. I don't go with it. Yeah, well, let's get but this. Why, let's let's yeah. just get this one exactly right because we can't, cannot be exaggerated up. Joey did 67 minutes. I just looked at it. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, after talking to Greg Locke, this comes from New York Daily News. This might be all the time we have. This is a long podcast. Uh, two Tennessee pastors arrested for seeking sex with underage mm, I girls. I saw that one. Isn't that crazy? Two men of God were arrested for seeking sex with younger girl with a young girl instead of tending to the souls of their flocks. Jason Kennedy and Zubin Parka, I think is how you say his name, were nabbed in an undercover sting operation in Knoxville, Tennessee. After answering an online ad to have sex with an underage prostitute, Kennedy, a 46-year-old children's pastor, Matt, you know what you've said about children's pastors, uh, for Grace Baptist Church, and Parka, a 32-year-old creative pastor at Lifehouse Church, were among 32 men and women arrested by Tennessee Bureau of Investigation in an anti-trafficking operation, um, they said on Friday. Uh, a police report from Kennedy's arrests was seen, and uh, he said, said that he agreed by WVLT, and it said that he had agreed to pay $100 for a half hour with two girls. Mm -hmm. The Baptist preacher was fired from his position and now faces pay patronizing prostitution, a trafficking charge and that could land him up to 60 years in prison. The action of the children's pastor for which he has been arrested were part of his life outside the church, and we have received no questions or concerns related to his conduct within the church or his ministries, Kennedy's church said, and it just goes on to talk about it. I'm sure the church is like, dang it, we have to separate that. Like, don't worry, he didn't do anything bad here. He didn't do anything bad here. But I mean, if you were going to that church, that would wreck you. You know what I mean? Like, do y'all think if that, if you heard about someone at, uh, on staff at your church, would could you continue to go to that church? You're talking about the lead guy? He's one of the no, leads. No, no, if it I was, mean, the, chill, staff, if it was the, the youth leader there, you're saying if, if I found out the youth leader at the church I went and got arrested for prostitution right. seeking or whatever it is, would that make me uh, question the whole church or think they're all like that or wonder how could the leadership have put somebody there so much so that I could no longer go to the church? Yeah, like would you not be able to, would you continue to go to the church with Georgia? 
I mean, it depends on how the church responds. Or your kids. It depends on how the church. No, they responds. just fired him and said we don't think that he did anything bad here. That's what they're, they said. And they're, they're they're apologetic and, they, and they're condemning. Yeah, I mean, not that extreme, but that has happened at the church that I. I, I expect that pastors at y'all's right. church and everybody else has visited prostitutes. Yeah. By the way, not any. Not, I'm not t- talking about any specific men, but not I, me. I assume at any church of size, there are clergy that have visited prostitutes. That that's a. I'm, something I would say is almost well, hey, certain, right? I so if you want to put into perspective, I want to clear my name here. It's not as me. you have or haven't. Oh, not you. I okay, okay, not. okay. So not I you, not. but you know, I'm saying out of every what. There's a statistic there. Out of one out of every fifty pastors has had an encounter with a prostitute. One out of a hundred. Something. I mean, there's some number. You know, it just, it is just bad. I mean, it's just it, it's scary and dangerous. Like, I mean, I, I, here's why I feel bad. These guys. I mean. I don't feel bad. I mean, they were looking for prostitutes, and maybe one of them happened to be underage too. Where they, I don't know. Well, that's another really issue on top of prostitution, right? But what I'm sure. saying is, looking for a prostitute, then all of a sudden it got really bad, and now yeah. you're, you know, you're in trouble. Like I, I've heard of people peeing in public, and then they got a, a sex charge for that, like right. exposing yourself in public, even though, especially if you were peeing beside, you know, a, a I don't know, a, a, a Target or a school or something where kids could be or something, you could be considered that. I don't know. It's it's, it's crazy. Uh, and I mean, scary me, and sad. To me, the major issue here is the pedestal that that guy's on. Not the, I mean, okay, he visited a prostitute. So, so did the Christian fireman. So did the right. Christian teacher. So did the Christian plumber. Mm-hmm. This guy happens right. to be a Christian pastor. You know, <sighs> it just kills. Well, the me. question it, is, does definitely. certain stresses yeah. and amount of suppression of sexuality or honesty or transparency? contribute directly to uh more illicit behavior and especially w- ones that are you know b- like that extreme like a prostitute because it has to right. be, like be a you know I, you know often feel like pastors and people in those positions where you have to pretend one way you have to have the other side of the character to balance out right. so you actually are the, the dark side of you is even you know darker or more separate like I, I use an alter ego i I even call myself a different name and then right. behave this way in a, in another i mean that's that's a direct result of not being uh and I'm not saying right. there's any difference in the morals but literally the suppression of of, of even the desires and the it's really interesting ability to admit I, it, it's so crazy because obviously all of us and and uh, you know the court of opinion in America would say these people are just terrible they should go to jail forever whatever but then you think about somebody like woody Allen super respected director, comedian, yeah, funny right. guy, you know, all this. And I mean, he married, he adopted a girl and then ended up marrying. Right. Her. Yeah. I mean, and, and he gets a lot of criticism, and, but it's not near as hypocritical feeling as pastor. That's the worst, you know? Right. Like it, right, it, right, it right. triggers hip, hypocrisy alarms that just people cannot live sure. with. And Joey spoke to that pretty clearly saying that he doesn't see it different than a Christian fireman, you know, yeah. doing the same thing. And, and that's to point out that the hypocrisy is right. maybe not the biggest issue there, but you know, it is that is really difficult for people to stomach. The worst part is uh, they said that the way they lured in the prostitutes was both of them preached a seventy-two minute sermon oh, to her, no. and she fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> fell asleep. And <laughs> hey, there's a hey. That's the damn news. I think we're running over time, so I'm, right gonna, I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna end it there. Well, I'm gonna but, tell you something. There was an evangelist that used to come regularly to the church that I was at in yeah. high school. And he was seen as this unbelievably young, gifted pro. And boy, he yelled right. and he was so charismatic and he said things that made people raise their hands and jump up and down. And it was called revival when he came. It was revival with pastor so-and-so. 
And we found out that I don't know if it had happened at our church, but he definitely would go church to church, luring high school girls into his bus and having sex with them. And that's the damn news. Damn. Well, damn. And why that's wouldn't you thanks, say his name? Thanks for sharing okay, that true story. Let me ask you this, though. Why wouldn't you say that guy's name? <laughs> uh, I don't remember it. <laughs> but no, Might I probably hung on to that it. name and actually let people know <laughs> that's one of those situations where you don't necessarily need to protect. Now, there's a child molester in my neighbor. I'm not yeah. going to say who it is. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't want him to, <laughs> to be discriminated against. <laughs> Pastor Lester, Pastor Mo Lester. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.